International. Hey, this is Doug Miller with Ariel Norman for Leading the Blind Podcast. And I have been doing comedy for 14 years. I started here in Austin, Texas. I now live in Los Angeles. I have quite a nice, long relationship with Austin. I miss it so much. Uh, you might know me from the Nicole Kidman Foundation that I founded in 2001 when she was going through a heavy divorce with Tom Cruise, uh, where I was almost assassinated. Uh, you will not be hearing that story later, although just trust me, it's very funny. Um, hopefully you learn a thing or two from this, this episode. church nice. we go to a gay christian church oh, nice. and she was amazing it was awesome because we didn't really we she asked us what she wanted uh, or what we wanted in terms of if what was important to us and if we had some things and so we gave her the things that were important to us and i had kind of hobbled together some vows and language that i liked but then she brought most i would say she brought 85 percent of it with her and it was like way better than anything I could have custom ordered. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have known what to ask for. Yeah. And it was beautiful and meaningful and like just, yeah. you know, she was tight. It was tight. Is she available? <laughs> Could you take my yeah, place? I know, right? <laughs> um, well, that's the benefit. Of, you said they, they had a, a pastor had of their someone, own church? Yeah, probably her parents' pastor or something. Oh, I see. Well, that's why you got to go to church. Yeah. You want a lesbian reverend who is... Very good. And she didn't charge us anything. Wow. She just asked us to donate to there's the new new building fund for our church that's oh, very cool. being built. We're actually continuing to try to save up $500 to give. To it's donate, like in a Hershey's yeah. <laughs> can. And one day um, there'll be that money, but we keep having to do If I can sell enough, uh, I can, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm really trying. Um, yeah. What did you do earlier today? I, what did I do? It's a Wednesday in real time. Wednesday. N- not for the listener. What did probably. I do? Caught up with a couple old friends and then worked on jokes and, um, how did today get by so quickly? Mm. I was so busy, but also feels like nothing happened. It's like every day really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's how tell life. Um, but you you say working on jokes this is interesting to me Mm -hmm. Uh, were you working on them alone or with others by myself today at uh, at a coffee shop or Um, a little bit yes and then also just at the place I'm staying at what does working on jokes look like for you it can be uh, many different forms I guess what did it look like today Today, I just, well, today it was just a lot of editing. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of new stuff. It, like, it's been fun being back in Austin because um, I, 
it's just, just the shows I've been on have been so fun. And mm-hmm. there there have been two shows where I kept it very uh I didn't take any risks real no, I still tight, took risks. Tight but, scripted. Okay. Yeah. But but then there's been the other shows and the show I'm doing tonight where I'm just playing and having so much fun. Yeah. And like so Austin in, is the best for that. <coughs> I mean, maybe that's just because that's how our relationship is to it, but I think it's the best. Yeah, for no, it's fantastic. And like, so I didn't realize I had a lot more material than I like new stuff than mm-hmm. I thought. So then I just started expanding some of those jokes more and more, and because a lot of those jokes I just made up on the like I had like bullet points like this concept, and then I would go up to the stage like, okay, I kind of know how this works. But now that I played with a little bit on stage, I just listen to the audio and then like, all right, this can go this direction or I don't know. So you today was a day of editing more. And so you're you're listening to your sets, you're looking at your notebooks and you're thinking, okay, I can do this. If I do this joke before this joke, now that can go there or yeah. Ooh, here's a new little tag for that, that sort of thing. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just put up, cause I do a lot of one-liners too. So sometimes I'll just put up, uh, like find like a random word generator and just see if I can write like jokes around whatever word comes up. Really? And I'll just see how many times I can do that. And like, you know, some, a lot of times nothing, but sometimes like a tweet or whatever, you know? Yeah. Is that something that you do as like a warm up? Like, hmm, let me do my writing yeah, exercise yeah. to start. Yeah. Like get it, get it started. Or I'll just like text a friend like, Hey, give me 30 words. And then. I don't know why that feels better than like a computer giving me 30 words. Sure. But well, because that's, um, if it's a human coming up with it, it's also, hey, what was on their mind yeah, on some yeah, level? Yeah. Let's talk about things that people are interested yeah. in. Oh, I like that. All right. So 30, I'm going to write down 30 words, text from friend. I probably won't understand what that is unless I immediately, <laughs> but I don't want to use. Um, yeah, I'm just interested always in people's, uh, writing processes and I think that's one of the re- ways that makes it so difficult to talk about how, like what's your process because yeah. yeah some days you're editing you some days you're starting with a word generator thing for 10 minutes and then you're listening to an old clip and then you're reorganizing things or you're it, it can be so complicated um, so I think I've asked a lot of people about their writing process and a lot of times I feel like they're very obtuse about what they really do yeah um but this makes total sense to me. That's an editing day. Are there some days that you're more free writing? Oh, absolutely. Th- those are the funner days. Right. Like, that is the best. The yeah, flow. Like, I, I'm really bad about certain jokes. If if it gets enough of a laugh, I'm like, I'm done. Time mm-hmm. to move on to the next joke, which is a really bad habit. Because mm-hmm. like, there's always, you can always improve a joke. Even when it's perfect, it still can be expanded upon. Mm-hmm. If you really put the work in. So I'm trying to be better about just like really like going back, listening to the audio and find like a like finding if you write out a joke or and listening to it, you can just see that like there's three words too many somewhere in this joke and you cut it down like the whole economy of word stuff is is huge. But are a lot of your jokes um, written out? Um, yeah, I, I try to write them all out, I guess. What, what, do you not? Well, okay, especially if you're a one-liner comic that makes complete sense. Yeah. You're going to want to write them out and you're going to make want liter- to actually try to make them perfect. Um, whatever that means. But you're, yeah, you're, you can specifically cut out words. Yeah. But I am, um, more conversational. Yeah. And yeah. which 
it's kind of an obnoxious thing to say almost because I don't want it to sound like I don't care about having being tight. I don't want to, you know, like I definitely still want to have high laughs per minute. Yeah. Um, although I guess I care more about people laughing harder or coming away thinking, um, having, you know, thought provocation is more yeah. important. But... So I used to be completely scripted, one of those people. Yeah. Completely. Everybody, I think. Yeah. Well, some people start more from that place of, um, I have a big personality and I'm going to get drunk and get insane. And then some of those people learn to tighten it up and I'm just one of those people. And I think think probably the majority of comedians, though, yes, Mm. are like start too tight and need to learn to loosen certain things. Um, So if, if I write things out, they can... Uh, like solidify, crystallize, harden uh, into something stilted. Yeah. But then I'm rehearsing, as opposed to I think Louis C.K. talked about like the the storytelling brain or the whatever brain versus the memorized scripted brain. So how to keep telling jokes? And sometimes you find these phrases or these even you know paragraphs that are that seem perfect. Yeah. You know and. But then if you memorize it, if you even accidentally, much less write it out, then it's hard to keep that from, you know, becoming something that you're going to be in your head about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking to an audience. I, yeah, lately, I found one reason it's really good at writing it out. And, like, I'll write it out in my notebook first. And, A, like, it's good. It just feels good sometimes to scratch through, like, I don't need this word. Like, to physically, like, mm-hmm. don't need this, don't need that. But also... Then I will write it once I feel like it's attested, like I've done it however many times, handful of times where it works. I'm like, okay, this is a safe joke. This is a good joke. I'll put it in my computer and like just keep it cataloged because you never know if like 10 years from now you're going to be doing a specific hired gig where they're like, only do material on this and you can go through all of your jokes. Search for ducks. Yeah. And like, and you know, if you just have a few words or that concept written down. You're going to be like, oh, I remember that joke, but yeah. what was it? And it'll drive you insane. Yeah. So. No, that does appeal to me. <clears throat> the very organized yeah. file system. And I have tried that in the past. And I, But yeah, I don't know. You know what I was just wondering for my style is if I wrote it, if I did let myself write out a bit one way and then forced myself to write it out with di- completely different wording. Yeah. Like not completely different, obviously, but... Um, mixing it up so that my brain wasn't only thinking of it in this one way. But that's a personal experiment. <laughs> doesn't even sorry to talk about me so much. No, I love Although it. this podcast is just me trying to figure out how to have a comedy career. Hopefully other people are getting something out of it. How long have you been doing comedy? Oh God, forever. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I will, I think like fourteen years. Okay, I still can like never forever. figure out how long. I don't know did so many know? people know the exact day. Like I know approximately, but is that because you had like a off and again on again? Start? No, it's just because a lot of my twenties were a blur. Sure. So, <laughs> how old are you? I'm thirty eight. Thirty eight. So you think you started around the time you were twenty four? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, where did you start? Um, I oddly started. I started here in Austin. Texas. In Austin, but. I started at this table. <laughs> uh, um, I started this place called the Easy Rhino, which no longer exists. It's at 
It's kind of like right by where Spider House is. Okay, the easy right Like, uh, it was one of those locations. I think it might be an apartment building now. Yes. It's one of those locations. <laughs> most likely in Austin, mm-hmm. it means it's a condo. Um, it's one of those locations where it's like everything that opened there closed. It was mm-hmm. like a different bar every two months. And so at one point, it's called this place called the Easy Rhino. And I thought about doing stand-up for years, but just never had the courage to do it. And then there was a sign that said, open mic. And I went in and I asked a manager. I was just like, could I tell jokes at the open mic? Like, I didn't. Yeah. I was such a dork. And I knew about, like, comedy open mics, but I was too scared. Like, yeah. I couldn't do it. Face the comedians. Yeah. So You wanted to face the poets. Yes. <laughs> I could dominate them. And, uh. So I went in and the guy was real nice. He said, yeah, yeah, come out. So I had like 30 friends come out for oh. my first open mic, like an you idiot. You 30 friends? <laughs> I used to, Had, not yeah. anymore. And uh, it went really well, I guess, because they felt forced to laugh at me. I'm sure all the material was garbage. And then after that happened, the guy that I had talked to, the manager, was like, do you think you could do that like maybe it was every other week or something. You bring 30 friends. I'm sure he was interested in you doing that. Oh yeah. yeah. So I had like immediately had like a paying, it was like 50 bucks and a $50 bar tab. Yeah. And it was the worst. And I was doing an hour before I had five minutes. That's awesome. And it was, I, there was one VHS tape of it somewhere and it like warped and melted or whatever. And I'm kind of glad, but yeah. I would love to see yeah. it, but I would it would be so painful. But And then I went to Cap City to do the open mic, and the first joke I did, a comic yelled something at me, and then I like couldn't go back for months. That's so funny. And then eventually started going to the Valve and started getting booked a lot. Now, so wait, you said you you were doing an hour, you, you were doing that every other week or something? Yeah. Is that what it was, every yeah, other week? I, th- I think something like that. How many times did you do that? Uh, For just like a few months, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were your friends coming back or? Yeah, it became like a little party. My parents flew, or not flew in, oh but drove God. down. They would look for any excuse to hang out, but. So you have very supportive people in your life, had. Yeah, and had. And they were probably, you could get, with $50 bar tab, you could get some of them free drinks, mm. so they can come for that, others are buying, and so like, I mean, what a great, <laughs> everyone was winning. <laughs> and then, did it, so when you went to Cap for the first time, did you just not really have a few a, a few good minutes, or? Yeah, no, it was, I'm sure it was terrible. I don't really remember any like the one joke I can kind of remember was probably one of the better jokes from that era. And it was like eight seconds long. And so so like, so that means I flushed out, you know, 59 minutes and 52 seconds of other (laughs) material out of my head forever because it was so bad. So you just got heckled just, you, you, one of your jokes just wasn't very good and you got heckled that sort of thing yeah I can't remember I, I remember for the longest time what that heckle was because it was so you know it, so it hurt poignant. yeah it was just like what what am I doing I'll never do this again but but after that honestly like after that like I never really had any it's, it's overall very supportive I think it was just yeah. one outlier jerk comic you know um, the scene was a little bit different, I guess, but 
and then there was a comic that did pull me aside and like said, Hey, you know, uh, that guy was a dick and you're okay. You know, you're going to figure it out. So like, it was nice to have someone like, yeah. thank God. And like, I try to do that for like, kind of, like you can see when a comic's like first time or brand new, it's like, if it goes, well, I'm not going to lie and say great job, but right. I will offer up some encouraging words. Cause anyone that can go do a mic is, I don't know. They, yeah. No, it's a whole thing um, to even do one. And yeah, if someone shows any promise or it's not even necessarily the right word, resilience or, you know, poise, anything. Yeah. You're like, oh, hey, well, um, don't throw your life away yet, but, you know, try again. <laughs> yeah. Try yeah. for a minute and see if you <laughs> like this. Um, and then, so you, you had some PTSD at CAP for several months. Yeah. and then, But you started going to the Valve. Yeah. And those were the two mics at the time. This is 2003 Yeah, that was pretty much the scene. That yeah. was that was it. And so, how many comics do you think there were in 2003? Oh, God. Um, in Austin. I mean, how many people sign up for a mic? It would be just like a little bit past that, you know, like 50? 50-ish. Or, you know, I guess the contest still had 100 people, maybe. But in terms, I mean, sometimes the contest has yeah, people who aren't. Yeah, they're definitely like teachers that stop by like, I made my class laugh. I'm a comedian. Yeah. God, those are the funnest to watch. I love it. Love oh. it. All right. So you start doing the Valve and then um, it doesn't take long, you say, before you start getting work at the Valve. Yeah. J.R. Brow and his wife, Summer, ran the Valve. Mm -hmm. And almost immediately, like, he gave me a week. And then I got, like, nine weeks in a row or something crazy opening. And he made the mistake. He was so encouraging. He made the mistake of giving me his number. And I would call him 24 hours a day, just like, what are you doing? This happens. What are you doing? Like, I picked his yeah. brain every chance. Matt Beard and all those guys did Giorgio, like, hey, how does this work? What do you do here? And I was just so fascinated. That's I'm so like, great that you had that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was that was very nice. I had and, to create this whole elaborate podcast <laughs> ruse. This doesn't even come out. On, <laughs> um, I'm going to blame that on... <laughs> me not having a penis no i'm just kidding i was just raised wrong and i don't have confidence um so but you're asking all the questions like what to do with the mic stand or what to do in terms of social interactions or how to write a joke what's the i mean all of it yeah like um like i remember being told very early on uh like things like this where i remember being backstage and I remember who was on, probably JR, and one of his friends was backstage. And they were saying, okay, I know this joke. If it goes south, he's going to do this joke. And if it goes north, he's going to do this joke. But right now he's thinking about also this. And I was like, how can you think about multiple things at one time? Because <laughs> like, I would just like, do the joke, you know, and that's Tunnel all. You know, and then eventually you figure all that out. But just things like that where it's just like, how do, how do you... How does instinct work? <laughs> right. Know, like, well, so much of that really is just you needing to be told, like, you will figure this out over time. Yeah, I yeah. can tell you, but it's just you have skills to learn that you'll learn over time. Yeah. So maybe maybe it didn't even help you that much to have all these mentors. Uh -huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, but you're working at the Valve. What's the what's the next move? I mean, does it take a few years? Did you start traveling? I did a lot of road work for kind of like lived on the road for a few years for sure i mean i've always i guess i'm still doing that but but there was a time where it was like 
the whole year I was out. And when did that start? How long in do you think that was? Uh, just a few years, like three or four years, maybe. Three or four years in, and how did you get started doing that? Um, through it was probably through Cap City, I guess. Like uh, Rich Miller started helping me out, and I got you know made at a club that booked a lot of clubs across the country, and uh, so that was huge. So you start touring around um, as a, a, an opener? Or yeah, a middle, yeah. And you re- were literally spending, like you didn't really have a home? I mean, I did. And I was also like, but I would, yeah, I guess like there were times where I was like staying on couches, but I would, or dating someone and like mm-hmm. just come back and like, that made that easy. Sure. Um but yeah, it was. Thanks, people who let <laughs> comics sleep on your bed and with yeah. you. Yeah, that's that was pretty much my whole time in Austin. I guess yeah, for the most part, a lot of it was like uh, staying with my high school best friend on a couch in the corner upstairs of his beautiful home, like <laughs> hey. just off in a tiny corner. Like, but Sounds great. I loved it. Yeah. And so, how many years do you think you were? um touring most of the time i well i guess i guess i just kind of kept going I, i've been i've been a little bit more selective now because i'm in la so it feels like why be in la if you're gonna be gone all the time yeah it's expensive place yeah to- so um so yeah just like a handful of years where it was just like non-stop non-stop but i actually kind of want to get back to that because you just grow so much like mm-hmm. while being on the road Okay, um, and how long, I take it you don't have a day job? Yeah, a lot of weird, random, yeah. I mean, I have to do a lot of weird stuff to <laughs> keep moving, but stay alive. But So how long How long ago did you quit any kind of typical day job? Well, the whole time I was here, uh, yeah, I guess any like standard, like I worked at a shoe shop for a decade or something. I worked in shoes my entire, like, from 16 on until, like, 30 or something. Hey, you know, you keep getting raises and stuff. Then <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. It just stick Well, and they, they were always very cool about, like, oh, you need to go on the road yeah. again. Get out and, you know. What do they call it? A sinecure? Is that how that word's pronounced? Yeah. Where you, you, Like, people who are artists in some way um, need to have some kind of day job. And you just, you know that your identity is not tied to that. You're not trying to make a career out of it. It's just, you need to pay the bills and you need someone who's flexible with you. I just like, I remember learning that word and being like, aha, I can make myself feel better because I didn't want to have to identify as, you know, when people ask you what you do and you're like, I work at Trader Joe's. It's not, obviously it's not, um, it's a sinecure. Um, I like that. Yes. So shoes. I mean, I wish I had stayed at Trader Joe. I'd be making so much money if I had just stuck all the way through <laughs> yeah. with the one. Um, and then how long ago did you quit? The well, shoe that business? was a while ago. My last favorite uh, thing was that was just like standard standard was uh, worked at Walmart years ago, like right before I moved out for a summer. Like I would take whatever, like, mm-hmm. and it was so fun. <laughs> Like, I know that sounds insane, but... Uh, a lot of toys. It was... Uh, as a comic... Were you the person taking pictures of... Look at this fat Walmart loser? Um, or .com or whatever that was? Different. No, you know, nothing too shaming, but... 
it's just the whole are you against walmart shopper shaming tumblers you know i I haven't looked at that in a while i don't really like i know what you're talking about it's mostly like people on those scooters with like butt crack and a shirt that's too small there's so much more to walmart that's even worse that it's like uh, you can go deeper than that and like uh oh man it was just i started taking notes of the absurdities and started talking to another comic out in LA that about this is before that Walmart show that's out now was out. And we had this idea for a sitcom that we were trying to push around Mm -hmm. about Walmart. Um, There's a Walmart show out though. What's it called? Yes. A super show or something. Oh, okay. Or, Oh my God. I can't, I can't believe I have friends on that show. They stole your, Oh, sounds like they stole your idea. No, no. Like it was completely, I feel like that was inevitable, (laughs) but it it was was just like, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, uh, but having that experience, like, I mean, I just kept this journal and I would, it kind of got me through some of the days there. Cause obviously some of the days are tough, but like, uh, I would then just like call my buddy and kind of go over the, my little Walmart journal with him and just crack him up. And it made me feel like all oh, this torture is worth it. It's so funny. Like it was, yeah. I, oh man, I learned so many good tricks and I really ended up not really working there. I just got paid to clock in and then I disappeared. I found out that no one, it's like office space where there's like eight different bosses, but none of them know where you are at any time. Right. Because the place is huge. Right. They just hire a bunch of people to do stuff. But as long as the work's kind of getting done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't really matter if no one, yeah. That's great. All right. Well, listen up, (laughs) comics. If you can find a Walmart around you, it sounds like. And you just write material. I would write jokes up there all day. and Don't shop there, but do work there. That's how I feel about it. Um, Take money out. Don't do a good job either. Be like Doug here and do no work because that undercuts the corporation. Yeah, exactly. One thing you you can do is just pick up. Like, you know, grab a roll of toilet paper. If you have something in your hand, it looks like you're doing something. Yes. Because then it's just like, oh, I have to go take this to the walk other side of the purpose. store. Always get something. Yes, walk with purpose. Always grab something from the other side of the store because then if you have it in your hand and they ask you to do something, be like, I'll be right back. And then they'll forget that they ever totally. asked you to do anything. So. I got I to gotta clean up. There's a there's a mom with, I, I got to go. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's oh, perfect. God, there's so much of that. Um. Okay. But <laughs> how, how many years ago did you quit Walmart? That was like... When I moved out, it's like 2010 or 11 or something. Okay. And but then, yeah, it's a lot of dogs and house sitting and right. still and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but but for about, that's still kind of living the dream even just not to have to work for like, to clock in. Yeah. Um. And so, but for the last seven years, you've eked out a living between comedy and just, yeah, dog sitting, house sitting, yeah, random apps. Occasional or writing apps. job and this and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not fun living, but (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, it's a very fun, it's a fun life, just not a fun amount of money to have. That's there. That's more on point. Well, I'm already there, so that's great. You know, (laughs) just uh, still would like more. Um, Do you have goals for whether it's that sort of thing, how to make more money or any other kinds of professional goals in mind? I mean... I would like to be able to tour, you know, like comics that get to tour more by their choice of where they go and like um, still have a life, you know, like do a certain amount of days, you know, a few days a week or this or that. 
would still be able to get home. But I also, I really like writing. Like I've always been, like I was pushing around a show a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's still floating out there. We're still trying to sell it. But that stuff has been kind of, has really grabbed me, I feel like. If you could get, if you got your show picked up and you then had a, a job, um, you know, that took up a lot of hours of the week, would you start doing less stand-up, do you think? I mean, you'd have to do would, some less. Yeah, I would like to think no, but, you know, like, I, I've been out a little bit more lately, and, you I, you know, sometimes it comes in waves where it's like, right now I feel like I'm more like right back on the stand-up, you know, bandwagon. I like, if I could just do it every night for a lot of money of course that's what i would do um but writing you know i like like world building and all that stuff is fun but uh but you know the nice thing about stand-up is like you know if you get to a certain level like you don't have to worry about any office you know like an insane writer's room or this or that like you're just in control you know for the most part um god it's tough I you know I I really would like I think I'd always try to get stand up but you might be so beat down at the end of the day maybe but I, I it feels like maybe that would get you out more a little bit because you'd have to I feel like no matter what we're always gonna have to go tell jokes somewhere yeah like and I know plenty of people that have you know the writing gig it just depends I guess on how flexible that is. Right. Because there yeah. are some people that are like, I, I'm there for 20 hours a day. Right. And I'm going to die. Right. Like, I would never want that personally. Yeah, but no. yeah, if you could have a writing gig that was flexible or that was part of the year yeah. or something, that, yeah. would be, that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. There's some weird seasonal stuff that seems pretty cool. Yeah. Short seasons. Can I just put a, my vote out there? Like, I don't, there's too much content. I'm behind on everything. If everyone could just hold their shows down to 22 minute episodes, even if you're a drama. And six, six tops episodes a year, maybe for your whole series. Yeah. Do, do you know, unless you're, unless it's transparent, in which case keep, <laughs> you know, keep going forever. Um, the only show that I keep up with. Yeah. I try so hard. I, I can't, I, how, how do people I, I do need this? them to stop. Cause I haven't seen that yet. I really want to see that. Like I need them to so stop good. with all the shows so I can catch up on all yeah. of them. Why don't we do this? We move forward. Moratorium on TV shows and movies. Yeah. Maybe books. Yeah. Not podcasts, I'm, cause, only because I do them, but everyone else's podcast. Yeah. If everyone could stop creating content for like, how long do you think we would need? 100 years? Yeah. We wanna, yeah, that sounds about right. That's funny. Also, also <laughs> everyone could stop having children. Like we, Anyway, um, short-term goals. I mean, it sounds like you're still trying to get your show picked up. Are there any other short-term goals that you could... I mean, I want to start pitching another, you know, there's other shows I want to get on. Um, I started a little, I've been having fun recording a lot of video stuff just on my own that I'm trying to, like, I'm starting a little web, I don't know if you'd even call it a web series. It feels so, it's just like a mini talk show. It, it feels like, uh, you know, it's like a mini podcast, I guess, because I have guests every time. But it takes 20 minutes to film, and then the, the the content's like two minutes. So I'm just like trying to ask people, like, just give me two minutes of your time. Because I feel like people are just getting dumber. Yeah. So it's like, 
Just listen to me for a second. No, I think that's great, though. Um, so you're doing, you're trying to put make something on YouTube right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that is literally like a two minute yeah. clip show. That is that does seem to be, especially to get people hooked. Yeah. Anything where I have to sit and watch it, I just won't give that much of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, although for some reason with podcasts, people really, I mean, because I can do something else, I just yeah, want to multitask, yeah. and I just don't. I just I I spend so little time watching stuff. Most people do spend a few hours a day, I guess. Yeah. But even then, are they fully paying attention for those few hours a day? I just. I think we just like noise now. Yeah. I think it's we nice. just it's like people talking to me. Because it's weird. Like you'll have, I've had moments where I have a podcast on, in my earbuds, and I'm looking at my phone, reading an article, and while the TV's chips. on. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, what am I doing? I'm not taking in any of this. Any of yeah. <laughs> We all need to do less. Go um, outside. Go outside, and but also check out your new uh, web series. What are we calling Tra- it? Trash talk. Yeah. Trash talk is that what it's called? Yeah. I. I the concept is, uh, I'm gonna film one tomorrow here and then release one hopefully early next week. But um, it's like all over Los Angeles. Just so much garbage everywhere. Like people just throw out so much. I mean, you see it in any city, but LA is particularly terrible about just like furniture on the corner. So I'm taking that furniture and making it my. I did see a lot of furniture. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I like, was I wished I could have taken all of it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We just got it was a twenty good furniture. Yeah, we just got a twenty five hundred dollars stereo. I could never like, tell if people were throwing it away or if they just wanted there to be a couch on their curb to yeah. enjoy. Because yeah. I was like, why would you throw away this nice? <laughs> yeah, there's some, and it's sketchy because on occasion, like when I needed uh, good furniture, like and some apartments i had been in you like see something like man this is so much better than anything i have but does it have bed bugs and how many dogs have pissed on this yeah that's you yeah i didn't even think about dog piss and jizz now that you mentioned also the jizz but i yeah the bed bug thing because i i when i was 23 i moved to new york and i like had never been there before i didn't know anyone like i didn't know anything about the world even you know i was like let me just move to new york i will start learning things worked (laughs) but that was also when like the bed bug crisis took off and so yeah my brain is definitely immediate my immediate thing because i don't have any kind of i'm usually not creeped out or grossed out by stuff i'll be like i don't care who slept on this whatever yeah yeah, yeah. but the bed bug thing i'm like i'm not if people are cool they will leave a sign that says bed bugs and you know don't go near that yeah surely people would. but I, and a lot of people do like i've definitely seen it quite a few times but you know that you know i tend to just like i literally like yeah. if i see uh, especially like a mattress i like kind of like walk around it like i don't totally. want to even get close to this i know i never even had them but just i've heard people describe them enough to be like nope <laughs> yeah oh it sounds terrible you have to get rid of everything yeah, everything and i can't afford that shit um or the time how many of your days are just i don't i really don't like itching anyway um okay i just realized what time it is and i'm gonna have to um roll things forward do you have a touring agent um no not right now i don't yeah have you in the past i have the way you <laughs> be weird um, but it's weird like i feel like once you you know like once you get in with certain people then you're you just in like and so and it sucks because eventually those people will turn over and then it's usually not at all related to the last people and like you're back on your own. Back and, to square. You know, like it's weird now that I'm on the West Coast. Like I, I've got more stuff now, but like originally 
everything I had was East Coast or like Midwest. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, I'm on the West Coast, but I don't know anyone out here, you know, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, right now it's just on my own. But You I, have I, relationships I, with clubs. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And so you're kind of, um, do you call, you email them and say, hey, do you have any available, you know, like, yeah. is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. You just, yeah, put in an email, give your avails and gotcha. see and hope they run their club well. Gotcha. And is that what you mostly do, though, clubs? You ever do any uh, of these? Like, some people produce their own shows at rock clubs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I've had a couple of friends talk to me about maybe doing that, so I'm going to look into that, mm-hmm. but it scares me a little bit. Yeah, I need someone else to set that shit up. Yeah, and then I can like, if somebody, like, I had a friend that was talking about maybe, like, taking me out with them, and it's like, if that happens, sure. Right. But um, right. it sounds crazy. It's so funny because there's so many, like, p- the kind of people who become comics... So many of us don't have the interpersonal savvy <laughs> to like do the kind of not only networky but like I don't even know like we're all Aspergersy we got to yes. call up a place and be yeah, like hey yeah. I don't know how this works I don't also have any confidence but um, yeah. do you I'm a very funny okay can I send you a video <laughs> um, like I, I have no business sense I feel like business, most comics yeah. don't have any business sense and it's like. That's what really builds your career is right. that other side of you that's smart that I don't have. We also, <laughs> there's a lot of people who do and who want to help us and we need to embrace those people yes. and be good to them Yes, and ignore a lot of flaws in their personalities a lot of times, <laughs> just like they ignore ours. So that's my um, plug for that. Uh, so you recorded an album a couple of years ago called Fart Safari. That is correct. Where did that happen? <laughs> that happened here at Cold Town. Or no, not Cold Town. Um, New Movement. New Movement. Um, yeah, probably new. I mean, no offense, Cold Town, love it, but uh, you can get a few more people in yeah. New Movement than you can in yeah. Cold Town. I didn't know you heard a New Movement though. That's really cool. Yeah, it was nice. Great um, audiences there. I I'll tell you this: if you're recording an album, really look into what's going on in Austin or whatever city <laughs> oh, it is no. that weekend, because it was ACL, and the first show I did two shows, and the first one was packed. A yeah. lot of loyal, great friends, but. They had been to ACL and they were d- so tired. They oh, were done. They were just tired. And yeah, because it was even like a late show on a Sunday or something. And it's, you know, the time that I had. And I also, um, I, I want to like, uh, I was back in Austin, so I wanted to have like a bunch of friends on the bill. So I had like eight comics in front of me no. doing like short sets, but like that adds up. And I think even having. Yeah. It would have been better to have a few comics doing longer sets than eight comics. I feel like the audience has to transition in their head too many times. And they were just worn out. And then the next show, there's like barely anyone there, but a better crowd because they were not post-ACL tired. So did you mix the two? Yeah, yeah. They were mixed, but um, it was all right. Well, the album was very funny. Oh, thanks. I learned a lot from recording it, but that I'm using to my advantage for uh, i'm about to release fart safari 2 fart harder (laughs) and uh (laughs) fart harder fart faster guys (laughs) so So dumb like i asked a buddy i was like is this a mistake and he's like no it's very funny and uh, (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that describes so many of my jokes (laughs) (laughs) well it's weird like because you know you have an occasional like super serious interview where you don't know the person and they don't really do comedy and they're like yeah you want to plug anything like 
Farts and fart, like farts and fart, two farts harder, and like so that's you the doing moment. a bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, my album title is just very funny. Thank you. That's the moment where you're like, I'm an idiot. Why did I do this to myself? But what I've noticed about you the title, just farted. When yeah. I that. <laughs> like I, the the reason I wanted to go with that name, and especially the second one, was I feel like you're not gonna come up with a title. I don't want it to be a catchphrase or you yeah. know like some i get stuck with and like i don't want it to be i feel like a lot of them are kind of serious there's a lot of great names but i just thought why not well i think it's silly over the top silly i think the silliness too helps because um you tackle some not tackle i hate the fucking you know (laughs) tackling anything but your um jokes some of your topics of your jokes are kinds of things people might get sensitive about and i think starting from the top of being like when you're calling your album yeah safari you're like okay look this is what this guy's about yeah these are <laughs> jokes yeah people uh and well what's interesting i was just re-listening to it before i came over and i was thinking about some of your stories i just can't decide if i like think that they're true or like to what extent especially some of the stories it, it seems clearer were real but then there's a couple of jokes where you're talking about like practical jokes yeah and i just have this sense of like okay that can't you're not you didn't really do but i don't know i don't know if it's like 80 percent true or 95 percent, or there's just the one part that clearly didn't happen or what can you speak to that how how uh how's truth telling are you the well it depends I, i can't think of uh like the more storytelling type stories are probably true. The practical jokes that's that's about fifty percent probably. But yeah, there definitely I'll, are some that are like you'd think that there's no know. way I did it, but I definitely did. Um the okay, how about the one where you asked your neighbor to dog sit and you put out a dog food bowl and water and then oh, there was yeah. no dog? I didn't do that. I thought of that. Okay. I did do, I did fake kill a dog named Burp. Yes. That one and sounded I, real. Okay. I posted that to the internet and people got so bummed out and texted me all day, like oh just screaming at me. And like, I love animals. I would never like, yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> no animals were harmed. In the I, like I'm joke. covered in joke tattoos. Like I'm, my yeah. whole body's just joke, 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 joke. Yeah. And like, I got this, it's misspelled on purpose. It says accommodate madness. But I, I just wanted a word. Well, I didn't that's even commonly, think it was a C. I thought it said "aumadate yeah. madness." <laughs> oh God, so. yeah, it is running together now. But like, I just wanted <laughs> I a word. It that's, was like making fun of a tribal language, <laughs> very insensitively. I just wanted a word that's oh, commonly madate. misspelled. Uh huh. And so accommodate felt like one, but and <laughs> the whole joke was to like uh, have people point it out, and then I'd be like, "Wait, what?" And then get really upset about it, and. Uh, but in the eight years that I've had it or whatever, like two people knew how to spell accommodate. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just a dumb tattoo. Oh, I love it. But it's yeah. even better. It's just no one's even batted an eyelash. <laughs> um. <laughs> and like the, I think on the album I talk about playing a harmonic on an airplane. Mm-hmm. I've done that a lot. I draw people on flights when they fall asleep. Yeah. And then I show it to them. They're so creeped out. Yeah. I mean, I try to like pick my targets well to where it's not yeah. like a nice young woman. I'm like, ooh, ooh, yeah. like, you know, sketching away, but uh, it's usually like a creepy male or something or an I old I feel person. like I would love that if someone did that. I've made really close friends with a couple of those people. Yeah. Like, 
Unless you like, if I didn't like the drawing, I might. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it all hinges on <laughs> if it's flattering. I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty dead on. It's weird. Um, well, keep keep it up. I say. <laughs> These people, if they're smart, you know, could have a nice picture on their Instagram, and instead they're calling the cops on you yeah. or whatever's happening. Get kicked off at Southwest. Off. Um, okay, Southwest of all places. They have great senses of humor, I thought. Um, let me think. All right, so we only have so much time. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I, oh, do you sell merch? Um, off and on, I have. Um, what's, the, what's the most effective merch situation you've ever... I mean, shirts are really are a good way to go. I've mm -hmm. honestly never done it, but I, I kind of want to start that soon because mm -hmm. it just, just based on what people are telling me. Um, I mean, most profitable. I would say like the thing that I want to do soon is a shirt that really has nothing to do with my comedy, but it's just a clever shirt or a cool shirt, you know, like... Mm -hmm. People want to support you after a show, like yes. if they like you. So like they want to give you your money. So it feels better. Like, for, you know, I have CDs for sale after a show, but nobody buys CDs anymore. Yeah. And you, know, you can get the cards for them to do downloads or whatever, which that works a little bit better. But people do want to give you their money and help you out. So it's like if well, you can have like a cool shirt. Then, yeah. Like I, I don't like the. You don't yeah. want it to be like necessarily your face, Doug no. Mellard's comedy tour 2000, yeah. whatever. But yeah, I think if you have something that, yeah, it just is a nice shirt that they would wear. Yeah. And it has a little something. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I've definitely been in some shows where the comic has a catchphrase. And, you know, like, especially like a smaller comic where like they were probably drunk, <laughs> thought the joke was really funny. They buy the shirt. Six months later, like, what the hell is this shirt that I... Or, like, even the next day, yeah. I swear there's probably been some people that got drunk, bought whatever, and then the next day are like, wow, man, fuck that guy. I can't believe yeah, this person no. tricked me into buying this stupid now shirt. someone hates you. Yeah, so, like, I feel like, you know, if it's just a nice shirt, they're just gonna... It just says yeah. fart harder on it yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just do that. Just a picture of a guy bent over with a air thing coming out of All class, this guy. <laughs> just, I would love it. I actually made for my um friend years and years ago before i was ever doing um stand-up um a shirt for his birthday it was like a polo shirt you know how they have the little logo and like the top left corner stage left um uh that's like a penguin or a uh, american eagle or whatever yeah, that yeah. sort of thing but i made one he's a gay guy and i made one that was like a guy fucking another guy in the butt <laughs> it was so cute i it was so oh, that's cute awesome. i made it on like cafe press and um and and got it for him and yeah. he fucking never wore it and oh, i just feel what? like but i think that i think i like i suggested that to some other comic recently and they like like i think if that's a great thing like you could have a little dude farting yeah, just yeah, yeah. A cute like that yeah. kind of picture like yeah. the restroom people look um we should all just have a little depiction i could have um i don't know someone picking up a tampon on the sidewalk or whatever. it's so dumb but i whenever people are texting when i'm texting people and like to when i write back you know cool like for agreement or whatever i'll do the strawberry and then the cool guy emoji for very cool and oh. i might s sell very cool shirts yeah very, so dumb yeah but that's perfect <laughs> i think people would love that um all right and yeah we have time for it worst yeah, worst bombing story oh god 
Worst bombing story. Or funniest. Um, no pressure. Uh, God, there's so many. Um, most recent bombing <laughs> story. <laughs> most recent was a few weeks ago in LA at a bar no one wanted to be at. What was the bar called? Um, I'll leave that out All in right. case the comic <laughs> gets offended, but um, I, a real funny one one time, there was... <laughs> Like I was doing this like weird. I don't even remember how I got hooked up with these clubs, but these weird club gigs where it's like every other time was a great time, and then the others were terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like in the middle of nowhere, Florida, and there was a sign at the front of the. It was like a big restaurant, not high ceilings, terrible setup, mm-hmm. and there was a sign at the front that basically said like. These are jokes. Like, please laugh and don't be offended. And there are a lot of old people there. And Mm. and it's Florida. And I'm, you know, doing my dark humor. And after the show, a manager warns me, like, hey, you really offended some people. And I was like, well, you know, that's, it's a comedy show. And this lady pulled me aside. He's like, a lady needs to talk to you. And oh she lectured me and just screamed at me and kept pointing her finger. And she was just like, uh, in the end, she was like, you remind me of Buddy Hackett. <laughs> and it was like, if that's your point of reference, you don't need to be at a club. And also, yeah. like, thank you. Like, also, yeah, <laughs> he had a he great career. Well. Yeah. I don't know any of his jokes personally, but I feel <laughs> like that's not the worst. Yeah. And like one direction. time I was out with Jimmy Roulette. Uh, oh, wait, what was she... What, do you remember anything that she was specifically mad about? I have no idea. That was so long ago. But I can imagine a lot of times during that, those club run shows, like if if it was going south, sometimes I would take it as a challenge and mm. dig deeper oh, to like yeah. push, give it to him. Because it was just like, this, this was partly my, your fault. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And like, what, like, so Houston one time, I... <sighs> There is the second show, I think. There's like no one there. Like it's a very small crowd. It's with a friend, and we're at the front bar. And I hear this lady say to her friend, I haven't been to a concert since Ringo Starr. And I was just like, oh, this is going to go so poorly. And so I get up on stage and I go, hey, everybody, I'm Ringo Starr. And she just yelled out, no, you're not. And uh, and at the time, it was like soon after Heath Ledger died, and I did this like, God, I forgot about the, the Heath Ledger bit. It was so good. But I did this whole long thing about Heath Ledger, and because I, I knew they weren't going to like it. And it was slaying at the time, like everywhere else. And and uh, so I it was like a two-minute bit tops but i did 10 minutes of it i just kept it going and like i just and and then i would think what else is as bad as that and i would do that joke and then the last five minutes i killed just to play it safe to the club you know because mm-hmm. like i used to work that room a lot <laughs> but man that lady hated me so much and i loved it like i reveled in it it was weird that's fun. I think that's fun when you get to a place where you can love one audience member hating yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a few of them for that no. show, for sure. But but it was also like, it's that fun challenge of knowing like, oh, I can get these guys back though. Like in yeah. the end, I'll, I'll turn it around. It's so weird to think I was traveling at that time with my jokes. 
That's so, uh, that's great though. I hope to get to that place where I feel like I can just piss off a bunch of old people and still, <laughs> still make the club happy. Um, what is the best advice that has ever been given you about comedy or comedy oh, career? Oh boy. I wish I were more awake right now. Um, well, one thing I was thinking about on the way here, just randomly, is be nice to everyone. Mm-hmm. Because you never know when... I mean, it's A, it's what you should do in general. Right. And I, I get it like, man, there are some very uh, kind of shitty people in this field. But overall, it's easy to make friends-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's easy to be nice to people. Um, and, you know, people you don't like, just avoid them, you know. But definitely don't uh, talk shit in public, you know. Yeah. Uh, because that will get back and you will be screwed uh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have like a story where that happened to me. It's just like I did have someone very early on tell me, don't. Like, if you have some bad thoughts towards someone, keep it in-house, you know? Yeah, I think it's so important. And I mean, not that any of us um, is perfect at this, but being nice to everyone, uh, you know, whether that's uh, other comics, even if they suck, or bartenders, or whoever. Like, literally be nice to everyone. Because you don't know. You don't know who they're related to. You don't know how good they'll get. You don't know who, whatever. Um, but also, yeah, the talking behind people's back, it's hard because we're social creatures and people want to gossip and to some extent, we're all frustrated all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And we're very frustrated and it's to some extent in relationship building, you kind of have to, but I think it's important to try to nuance anything that you say with like some (laughs) amount of, um, you know, like just don't go, just don't go all the way in yeah. to being like this guy sucks and yeah. he's whatever. Like, well, know. and you know, I would much rather work with a comic that's not as funny but is really nice to me, right? Than a shitty person that's a brilliant comic. Like, right. I will avoid that person any chance I get. Totally, totally, totally. But Always. still, want don't have to be mean to that person. Just avoid. Them. Just avoid. Um, if you could go back and tell yourself something in your first or second, you know, that kind of in the first couple of years of comedy, what would you tell yourself? Oh boy. Um, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Shoes, dude, just keep selling shoes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think balance. Mm. I feel like I've been better about balance lately. Like I've got, I'm getting married in June, June 30th. Thanks. And she has been so good about, you know, like, it was just comedy, comedy, comedy all the time for so long. And she's like, you live in this wonderful city that you never explore. Some great museums. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. there's everything. And, like, it, it, and she's been really good. And there's the day trips around L.A. are, like, so nice. So we've been taking, like, quarterly trips or, you know, any chance we get to, like, go to Santa Barbara or wherever. Like, get out. But, like... It always, sometimes I think if you feel crazy if you're not working towards something, but if you take a break, you're going to come back so much stronger when you yeah. feel rejuvenated. So like, don't, and you know, like I, I've gotten to an age where I've lost a few friends over the last few years and like with comedy, unfortunately, and these aren't even because of comedy or anything, but a couple kind of related with comedy, but now I'm like worried like, man, comics aren't the healthiest people. Is this just going to start happening? And, 
and with all that going on it's it's been rough but it's brought to my attention like comedy like as much as it's everything for me it's not everything you know like uh i don't know just kind of be nice to yourself also you know (laughs) yeah i think it's really important and i do think sometimes that in the first few years there's an amount of it's it might be important for people to kind of get up as much as possible and especially before you are in a relationship before you you know have too many responsibilities or whatever it's it can be nice depending on how young people are when they start yeah to kind of hit it hard but yeah i mean at some point you do have to have that balance and think you know as people say like you need to live a life worth common and you have to do things but also yeah there's no point in like pursuing like the world's most awesome in your mind career like the thing that we want to do the most it's because we want to live the kind of life we want to live yeah and if you're not going to santa barbara or whatever then what's the point (laughs) even if your career is slamming then what's the point yeah yeah okay cool 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 all right and if you could tell comics oh and also oh uh, sorry here's another important this this is just because there are a lot of comics that have mental health issues i in the last few years i think mostly my fiance has like pushed me to be a better person i guess so like I've sought the help that I needed where, like just in general, but with comedy, it can kind of push depression and anxiety like to the edge. So like I, over the last few years, have really like gotten therapy and like gotten off. I was like on, at one point, I I put out these mental health things for a very short time. There's a few with like six views on YouTube, but like it was very open and raw and honest. And like the people that tuned in, the six people all messaged me like, around the clock with, I need help. And it's like, I'm happy to help these people. And it's felt very good to have this point. And this is a whole long thing that I shouldn't have brought up at the end. No, but, I want to find that now but, um, on YouTube. But uh, I uh, just, you know, take care of that stuff. Like, again, like be nice to yourself and like get a hold of that stuff because you will be, even if you have to time out for a little bit to get a hold of it, yeah. you will be a much better person in comic. And I mean, I, I lost so much time because of my depression and stuff. And like, yeah. I had no idea like, Oh, you can get a hold of it. And you know, there's varying degrees of all that stuff, but man. Yeah, no, I think that's important for me to hear. Um, I was, I mean, I've been debating about therapy for a long time and it's like the time and the money and everything. Yeah. And I kept, keep going back and forth. And then, you know, with the swings of, you know, even mild manic depression, which I think most of us have, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you're feeling good, you're like, eh, I'll yeah. therapy later. And then when it's bad, you're like, you know, but yesterday I had a moment where I was high and doing yoga with Adrian, uh, which is my form of oh, therapy yeah, yeah, currently, yeah. which will, you know, just some, but when I was like, Oh, it all like it, like everything came together for me about what's going on in my brain, and I was like, "Oh no, I really legit need to go to therapy." No, it's you can find sliding scale stuff. Like, yeah, I, I did it here for ten bucks a session. Really? You know? Yeah, I can't remember the name of the place, but it's out there. And then at one point, like my anxiety was so bad, I finally found I was on a medication at one point, and it scared me from other meds. Uh, like I was trying to get a hold of it. And it made me suicidal. Like mm-hmm. there's a moment where I like I woke up and I was like, I have to kill myself. And it was like this weird like I know this isn't my thought, and right, I, I happen like, to be visiting my parents. And well, that could have been part of yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I like grabbed my mom. My younger brother has a lot of like depression issues, so they're well versed in all this stuff. And I grabbed my mom. I was about to fly to Philadelphia to tell jokes, but I didn't feel like myself. Like it just felt like an out of body thing. And I grabbed my mom. I was like, Mom, you're about to not have a middle kid if 
I was like, I need help. And she just like freaked out. And I just went cold turkey, which you're not supposed to do on that drug. But it was like, you know, when you hear the side effects, like may cause suicidal thoughts, you're like, what? What does that yeah. mean? It's like, oh, now I know. Like, yeah. I was possessed and it was scary. But that kept me from being trying anything for years. But then I got to a point that was so low that I got back on something, got into therapy. Like, for my anxiety, which is all tied together, I was taking at one point, I was prescribed 120 Xanax a month. And like that probably took years off the end of my life, I'm sure. Yeah. Like I would just like candy, just like boom, Jeez. boom, boom. And um and that went down to ninety, sixty, and then my therapist was like, All right, thirty you're doing thirty. And I was like, yeah. I can't do that. And then now it's down to like maybe five a month or something. Gotcha. And it's like that's something to put in the work for and like you will be <laughs> it's a long thing, but it's like Yeah. You will be a better comic and a person and get more out of life if you can yeah. wrestle your demons i think that's important um and thank you for sharing that yeah was of course real. always uh if you could tell i don't know how to you you still see new comics fairly oh, yeah. often right so yeah, yeah. if there's something that you could tell new comics to stop doing to stop doing um to stop start doing comedy Just, yep, if to less stop. comics could do <laughs> i know it breaks my heart even sometimes when like people um come to my shows and stuff and they start i'm just like the ones who i can tell like this is a hobby for them and this is fun and fulfilling i'm like great the ones who think that they're gonna do this as a career i'm like i don't i don't know if yeah I like encourage you in any way i was in la with i can't remember who the group i know martha kelly was there there's a group of people where it's like you would think maybe she would get noticed or if you were serious about comedy, you yeah. probably know who she is. And I think there was someone else like that in the group. And this guy was broke down with his car, uh, his battery or whatever. And a group of us comics like stopped, helped him get a jump. And then he's like, hey, like, can I, I don't have any cash. Can I figure out something to do? And we're like, and I just go, support live comedy. And he goes, oh, did you see my set? And I was like, god damn it. Like, uh. I wish I hadn't given you a jump. You didn't recognize it? Well, fuck you. But uh, oh, what man. would I really tell young <laughs> comics starting out to stop doing? Yeah. Um, if you want to tell them something to do, that's good too. But you know, the kind of thing where you're like, ah, why Why are you doing this or not doing this? Um. Oh, God. I was going to say look at your notes, but I do that too much. So I can't really say that without this being This is my thing about looking at the notes. I don't look at notes very often, but there might be a time when, especially if it's an open mic, yeah. and you have some stuff you've never said before, yeah, and you've sketched it out, show, and you look at it, yeah. If it's a paid show, I'm polished, but yeah, I'm definitely, I was, man, one thing's been driving me crazy lately is running the light, man. Like, mm. I, I, you know, I do it, everybody does it on occasion, but... I've seen some comics that are like brand new and like they get so excited to be on stage that they just will run that light by 10 minutes and you're like, what yeah. are you doing? Well, it's a, it's a hubris thing too. I think that's kind of oh, like yeah. know your place and if you're a new comic, that's the thing. Sometimes um, you have something I would I would notice starting out is that some of the comics would run the light, but usually it was comics had been doing it for a while and usually they were doing well yeah. as well. Sometimes it was like they were trying to find a, a good thing in the middle of a set, but usually they were doing well and you could see that the host wasn't tripping about yeah. it. Um, but I think if a new comic sees that, they might get the right. It's like, no, 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 everybody else needs to respect the light. Yeah, yeah. That guy's been doing comic five years longer yeah, than you have or yeah. whatever. I would also say write a joke. Mm. feel like I've seen a lot of comics lately where they're just like, 
so today and then they just go about their day and there's no punches and you're like what yeah. is this like and and it's weird they'll have the cadence down they'll look like a comedian but you're like you're what i don't they think they're so funny in their day-to-day that they're just gonna get up there and this is what happened yeah Oof. i just love that moment where you realize that was the end of someone's joke yeah. <laughs> and you're just like oh god i can't even hide the facial expression i'm making at you right now uh. sometimes i wonder about it and i'm like should i hide because because if someone says something and I, I just have this look of like, uh, like I'm I'm amused that they are could be so stupid to say something like that, um, but also like horrified and embarrassed for and like all of that look is on my face yeah. and I'm like I should should I turn this away or is that my form of being like the tough love comic because a lot of people have said that they want more tough love in the scene yeah, but there's yeah, too yeah. much like. Um, overt support and then talking behind people's back and that we need to break each other's balls a little bit more or whatever the uh, progressive way of saying I, that is. I, I don't like, know. Oh. I think support's pretty good. All right. Be supportive. <laughs> Fine. I will turn my face away when I'm judging people. Um, if you could change anything about the scene in LA, what would it be? Uh, less comics again. Fewer, fewer <laughs> people. I feel like it's so overcrowded right now that uh, people just keep creating new shows to get form their own stage time. Yeah. But it just further dilutes the whole scene. Like, it just feels like it's not as earned as it used to be to where it's like, just reward people that are putting in the work and, like, doing well. Like, you don't have to, like... It's weird that like everybody's just making their own stage time, well, and then, it's like you do these shows where it's like, oh, there's three people that didn't know there's a show, and now I have them captive, yeah. and they hate me. So I think maybe the answer then it's hard to tell people, hey, don't do comedy. You know, yeah, I, if yeah, you yeah. if you suck, people don't yeah. realize that they suck and don't yeah. have. There's a lot of people who just don't realize that they just don't have it, yeah. and I can't. You know, what are you gonna do? But I think what you could say is stop booking people who are not funny yeah there you go what That's, are we doing yeah you know and sometimes it's because they run a good show yeah um but other times it's like is it your friend is it whatever like unless someone i respect the hell out of people that stay strong about like yeah i love that person but they are not doing my show and i'm like way to go because yeah. i you know i was guilty of like god this guy sucks or this girl sucks i'm like but they're so nice and they ask me all the time and like I'll break down eventually. But I know yeah. some people that are very iron. They're just like, nope, like gotta be well, good, which put, is what, how it should be. Yeah. And you want to put on a good show. If we want these audiences coming back, we yeah. got to put on good shows and that's yeah. all there is to it. Cool. Um, Hey, let's move on to endorsements. I, uh, so we endorse comics, uh, on this show. Um, Preferably someone who has at least some kind of internet presence, uh, but I, that should be almost everybody. Um, although I say that, and my endorsement for this week is this guy named Mark Lindsay. Hey, do you know him? Uh, I'm. I I've, I definitely I I know that I know him, but I can't for whatever reason. Well, I, I don't. Terrible. It's a kind of a mystery. I was listening to um, JT Haversat's like misanthropy tour album or something on spotify and there was some good stuff on there and like this the or mac Lindsay. did i say mark mac Lindsay. oh mac uh, yeah oh yeah you know no him? mac yeah, yeah is he still doing comedy you know that's a great question i haven't seen him in quite a bit but i heard his name recently well i really enjoyed his track on that there's one track on spotify mac Lindsay, uh Lindsay with an a 
And then I found a little bit more on YouTube, but yeah, I just could not find much of presence for him. And I was just like, I'm really intrigued by this guy's um, point of view and life and stuff. And he, he definitely, he was seemed, an Austin guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely seems to have suffered from the, like being a straight white dude. Yeah. Um, difficulty of, especially the kind of like perspective he has. Yeah. Um, suffer just in the way he talks about it on stage like that. Well, comedy's not going well for me. You know, I yeah, just yeah. kind of got that sense. Um, but anyway, I really enjoyed him. And if, you know, anyone knows him, have him shout out to me. Just, I'm just curious if he's still doing comedy. Uh, and check out his stuff if you're listening. YouTube. Spotify. Oh, All right, Doug, that was enough time, hopefully. There's so many people that I Pick would love to. one. I'll say Tony Sam. He's a good buddy. Tony, um, normal spelling, Sam. Yeah, yeah, with the Y and then, yeah, S-A-M. He's just a real good dude, and I feel like there's just so many people in this business where you're like, why doesn't why isn't this person bigger you know like yeah because he's such he does a lot of character stuff but he also has great stand-up and and he's just been a nice friend to me does he have an album or anything out in particular uh he does on stand-up records uh i'm blanking on the name right now it's probably googleable though yeah spotify or he's he's easy to find he has a lot of goofy sketches online and stuff cool i love it good this is the best thing yeah it's what we should also say is well, no, I don't want to limit it down to people who aren't like really discovered yet. Yeah. Um, because there's so many comics that I, you know, haven't listened to yet or albums that I, like I, someone last, a uh, couple episodes ago said to listen to the Mark Norman's new album and oh, I hadn't yeah. really like known that that had come out and it was so good. Yeah. Um, so good. So anyway, um, cool. Tony, Sam, Mac, Lindsay. And let's do our plugs. Now, Ethan, when do you think this episode's going to come out? <coughs> hmm? Well, I think, I mean, is it? Gonna, are we going to do it tomorrow? We just kind of released. I don't um, know if I can flip it that quick. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. So you can, what? Do it, like, do, it for, do it for next week. All right. Supposing it comes out Monday? Yeah. Okay. So I don't do know. Well, if you're listening to this and it's not yet uh, Tuesday the 14th, then come out to the Gatsby at 9.30, um, Tuesdays, every Tuesday. On the 15th, Wednesday, I'm headlining a show at Spider House, and those, that's, you know what, that's all I know about it right now. So, <laughs> um, it's a mystery. I assume it's at like 8. Hmm. And um, on the 18th, Saturday, I will be on the Laugh Out Proud show at 10 o'clock at the Institution Theater. That's probably, let's just, let's just go with those. Oh, wait, wait, wait. On Monday, the 20th, I'm headlining a show at the Vortex at 8. Cool. All right. Just generally that time. It's something <laughs> like the 13th to the 20th. I would say just find me on okay, fine. on Twitter and uh, Doug Millard and you'll get all because uh, uh, I'm blanking and I don't have any of my phone right now. Um, That's fair. And also that week I will be uh, visiting my future in-laws. So oh, where are you if you be? just want to come hang out in Santa Fe. Santa Fe. <laughs> hey, they have some comedy there, right? They do not. It's It drives me crazy because like... You know, we'll go, we're going for a little bit, like enough time to where it'd be nice to get a set in, but 
uh, Albuquerque has a little bit, yeah. but it's like an hour. Like, I don't want to like... I feel like someone either told me that there was a show now in Santa Fe or... If there is, someone, please let me know. Someone at a coffee out. shop maybe maybe was suggesting a place where I should just start oh, one. It could have yeah. been that. It could have been Somebody Santa did Fe. that to me. They were like, oh yeah, this, this, and this. And I was like... I looked into it and they're like, no, no, no. I mean, like, you should do that. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, they were. Oh, yeah. They were just like, yeah. Just call that place and say you want to do it. And I was like, I'm not. No. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it was like at a coffee shop somewhere else, and this chick was like, I don't even know how we got into it, but she was just like basically a lesbian, like poetry type person, and being like, you should do it. They would love you there. And I was like, you think that they would love me because you think you know what I'm like, and <laughs> I, your friends would hate me. I think it would actually be a really well-received like scene like yeah. it's kind of well, surprising that there isn't because it's a very like liberal cool town and totally. it's like the people i meet they're always so nice and it's just like well, how is, how is it with not? every city having a giant comedy scene right now how is santa fe i'm gonna find over? you the comedy scene in santa fe <laughs> that would be awesome i'm gonna or we're gonna start one yeah. you know what or you're gonna start one while you're there next week yes um nice so tw- twitter at doug miller yeah oh yeah i'm fine the trash talk that is unreleased it will be trash released talk. by then Trash will be released by then. Cool. And cool, cool, cool. You know what? Uh, I forgot that that was like the end, so now I can't naturally just be like, bye. 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 International.